Welcome to the Let's Get Uncomfortable podcast, the show that encourages open dialogues over closed minds. I'm Torrance, and with each episode, we will be diving into a tough topic regarding race or class in the hopes that we can build understanding and ultimately unity. So join me as we get outside of our comfort zones and engage different perspectives. listening to episode one of the Let's Get Uncomfortable podcast. Today, we're going to be discussing tough conversations and also our own individual bias. Today's special guest is one of my closest friends. Please introduce yourself, Ashley. I'm Ashley Anderson, and known Torrance for quite a while now, I think maybe 13 years. I think if I got the math right on that, in college, I think freshman year, and had mutual friends. I think it was my friends on the rowing team who went to manual with you. That's how we yeah. met some random fraternity party, I believe. <laughs> yeah, and we're all, all in the same dorm. Yep. Oh yeah, Threckled. <laughs> <laughs> and let's see, well, my professional life, mostly I've worked in the media, spent a little time dabbling in the entertainment industry, trying to be an actor and lives in California, New York, came back to Louisville maybe four years ago. And I'm not going to name my employer just because no need for that, but I work <laughs> marketing these days and my opinions represent myself, not my employer. Just throwing that one out there. All right. All right. <laughs> and I used to work for first job out of college, worked for a local society newspaper, worked as an editor for Bleacher Report for almost four years and yeah, did some film, commercial, acting, improv. So that's kind of my background in a nutshell and I've been <laughs> most of my life, but spent a little time away too. So. Yeah. Uh, you and I both share being a uh, huge Louisville Cardinals fans. That's for sure. And we don't share being, well, I'm a Patriots fan. You're a Colts fan. So. Yeah. I, I, I stay away from that. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, again, I want to thank you for coming on today. Uh, today's episode is going to focus on, the unwillingness to listen and have civil conversations with people who have a different viewpoint. I know that your situation is kind of unique. So if you want to kind of explain your, um, your political leanings and kind of your, your history. Okay. Well, (laughs) right off the bat, let's see how many people are like, I'm not listening to her, but (laughs) so I'm a registered Democrat. Doesn't mean I agree with everything the Democratic Party stands for, but I would say I'm more so center, but slightly lean left. My family, they're all mostly registered Republicans. So get into quite a few political arguments, especially lately with them. And got a few Democrats in my family, so I've got them on my side, kind of. But (laughs) yeah, for the most part, there's a lot of clash in my family, I guess you could say. Yeah. And I think that's pretty indicative of a lot of people in America. We all have been told for so long that we don't talk about race, politics, religion, these really tough issues or you know, really deep issues because it could cause conflict. You know, it could cause fractured relationships and things like that. So the issue that you have is that when topics come up around family, Is it easy to have conversations or, you know, kind of, could you explain what happens? It is not easy. That's the easy answer. But basically, it's very hard to have a civil conversation. I'll say that. I feel like 
you know, and maybe that's just how my family is. Maybe we're very fiery personalities that <laughs> are going to butt heads no matter what. But I find that even when I have or when I want to have a calm conversation, that usually doesn't happen no matter how hard I try, especially with one member of my family. And I'm not going to try to like throw anyone under the bus here. They are my family. But, you know, I've got one family member who you know pretty well, too, who is very diehard Trump. And he always has a justification for everything that Trump has done, no matter what evidence you put in front of his face. And so it's very hard to get anywhere in conversations when, you know, one party is going to just, no matter what, they're going to confirm their own bias and say that Trump is always right, or the Republican Party is always right. right. So that can be very frustrating. Are you even willing to say that Trump has done anything good? So we've seen him for almost four years, and I guess you can see what the country looks like right now. So, I mean, you tell me. Okay, I have family that will say that he's benefited them financially, or like they, they like, I mean, they're fiscally conservative. I will say that they're not socially conservative so much. It's just that they are more so Republicans because they want lower taxes. And I am very big on, I want our country to be united. And I would say that because of his loose rhetoric, Trump's mm -hmm. loose rhetoric, that there is a huge divide in this country. And I think that, you know, cool, the stock, stock market's great, I guess, you know, according to some of my family members, but look at what's going on on the streets. Like, that's not what this country should want, in my opinion. We shouldn't want civil unrest. Two things there. One, would you be willing to admit that Trump has done a good thing with trade deals and bringing a lot more of manufacturing and overseas corporations back to the states? Can I say that he's personally benefited me? I don't feel like my life has changed drastically one way or the other when it comes to what Trump has done in office to benefit me. But I do feel like I feel stressed out all the time looking at what's going on <laughs> in the country. And I feel like a lot of what's happening has to do with the things he said and the things he tweets. Do you think he's helped the economy? I think that he's done some things to help, especially bringing corporations back back to the U.S. and kind of trying to keep manufacturing here. Obviously, there are a lot of a lot of negative things that I can that I can point to that I don't agree with him on. But essentially, what I'm hitting you there on is just to see if you think that everything is negative. I think that we need to get away from a blanket statement and and then to also recognize our own individual biases. Right. Um, yeah, I agree with you. As far as, you know, the division I see, I think that's what I'm concerned. Do you feel that a lot of the unrest and things that you are, you know, seeing in the news or seeing in the streets, do you think that that is created by Trump? Or do you think that it's something that has been going on for a, a long time, but maybe he isn't helping the cause? I would say he's not helping. I wouldn't say he created it. I'll say mm -hmm. what created it probably was social media. And being someone that's worked in the media, you know, it's almost ironic to say it out loud, but like I've always been someone who has had a love-hate relationship with social media and the internet and just the misinformation out there and people at each other's throats constantly. And I feel like there's been a correlation with like the more people have become involved with social media, the more you're seeing negative, like the negativity is spreading because of that, in my opinion. 
and helping facilitate certain movements that might have good intent, but then kind of go off too far left field or right field, if you want to call it that. Right, right. We've definitely seen an influx of, of echo chambers where, you know, even in social media, we're only looking at left news and, you know, what is going to reinforce our beliefs as someone on the left. And then the same thing with the right. Uh, we're seeing that on Facebook, we're seeing that on Instagram, and then we also see it in the in the media that we choose to digest. You know, if we're on the left, we're looking at CNN and MSNBC. If we're on the right, we're looking at, looking at Fox News. I think the biggest issue there is to realize that at the end of the day, the media is still a corporation. Yeah. Uh, they, have cor- they have shareholders that they are beholden to, and the idea or the goal for them is to maximize profits. It's right. actually... It's actually not to put out quality journalism. Uh, whether you're CNN or whether you're Fox News, you know who your base is. Your idea is to to pander to them. You want to drive clicks, shares, views as much as you can because that's going to drive your profits. I think the issue that a lot of Americans have is that they're starting to realize, you know, how divided media is and how much they sensationalize things. And we're starting to see a lot of people just get angry with that. Right. But I don't know when that's going to change because asking corporations to like CNN and and Fox news, asking them to change their goal from maximizing profits to maximizing quality journalism is essentially anti-capitalistic, which (laughs) some people may or may not say is, is anti-American. But I think that I would like to see, us get to a place where, you know, journalism can have more quality to it and more moderate and, and kind of giving facts and the truth rather than trying to shade it to one side or the other. Right. And I don't know the answer to that. And, you know, you ask what Trump has done that I think is good. And when it comes to the whole fake news thing. So, okay, he's right that there is a level, a degree of fake news out there. And it's kind of everywhere, honestly, because like you said, there are shareholders, there are advertisers. And I can tell you from some of my past jobs that like, if someone was paying for advertising, then we would have to cover a story on that person. And you absolutely had to write a good story on them. You could not write anything bad about them. At the same time, I feel like people are just latching onto the idea of fake news, but we can't just be so quick to label everything fake news because we disagree with it. And Mm. now I think that's the danger that we're dealing with. And I don't know what the answer is to create unbiased news because there's inherent bias no matter what. Even if you you have the best intentions, but just by who you choose to interview, you know, they're gonna be biased and you don't know that you're filtering out their bias when they answer you. It's a very tough feat to get totally unbiased sources and to report in an unbiased way, but it would be great if we could actually rely on one source as always, revealing the truth. That's what journalism is supposed to do is reveal the truth. So I I wanna get back to kind of the issues that you have with your, your family when it comes to talking about these subjects that often get politicized. What has that done with your relationship with your family? How do they view you? How do you view them? Does it change anything? You know, it's interesting. I feel like we can get into these huge heated arguments, but then kind of snap back to reality and forget about it. And like one of my family members, you know, I'm trying to be so vague, right? You know, and like not throw anyone under the bus, but we'll get in this huge, like we'll have 
pages upon pages of text messages just completely bashing each other over some political argument. And then a second later, you know, we have sports in common. So something happens in sports and it's like, hey, did you see this? Did you see this play? Did you see that this golfer just, you know, hit this shot? <laughs> like, you mean, it just like, it's almost like you forgot that you got in the argument. But at the same time, there's this underlying anger and frustration at times that it feels like you can't get through to the other person at all, no matter how hard you try. And I feel like with certain people in my family, like I said, I'm a registered Democrat. Doesn't mean I agree with everything that the Democratic Party stands for. And I find that certain people on the right sometimes label a Democrat and just they do kind of put them in this box and they say, you must love AOC, you must love socialism. Just because I'm a Democrat doesn't mean that I agree with everything that AOC has said. And it doesn't mean that I thought Hillary was a great candidate, but it's frustrating when you come into an argument and someone's already thinking all of those things about you. Right, right. Do you feel that you put Republicans into a box or do you feel that you think that they think a certain way? Are you unwilling to listen to them at times as well? I try not to do that, but can I say I'm perfect at not just assuming certain things about Republicans when I find out that they voted for Trump or they are a member of the Republican Party. I can't say I'm perfect and that I just don't have bias in the back of my head. Like it does happen. Right. Especially like, so I went to South Dakota recently and I get there and like no one's wearing a mask. And then I start seeing these Trump 2020 pop-up stores everywhere. And I start to get a little angry, right? And then I start to think, everyone here must be a Republican. Everyone here must love Trump and no one's wearing a mask. So, you know, I kind of, in my mind, had associated Republicans with thinking COVID's a hoax and not wanting to wear a mask because it infringes on their freedom, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I started to find myself like just walking around kind of judging people if they didn't have a mask and just making all of these assumptions and I had to kind of check myself and it wasn't until like the end of the trip we were in Rapid City and I was talking to this guy that owned a distillery and I at this point I thought everyone in South Dakota is Republican (laughs) and they all like (laughs) and we're sitting there talking to this guy that owns this distillery he's got to be in his 60s and you know I never even point blank said are you a Republican and he kind of even said it himself like I don't like to talk about politics when I'm here at my job but it was interesting like I tried to just throw all that out of my head and just talk to him as a person and you know it was cool to get his perspective he admitted that you know I don't wear a mask but I feel like here at my bar like I have all these things in place that make me feel like I'm sanitizing and I'm you know, staying safe. And he was like, when I was a kid, I went through atomic bomb drills. And he had the whole, you know, line of thinking that every election cycle, something like this comes along. But it was weird to think atomic bomb drills, like we didn't have that, you know. Mm -hmm. And so then when you like talk to somebody, and you like throw away the whole, well, they must be Republicans, so I don't want to have anything to do with them kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Or vice versa, if you're, you know, thinking they're a Democrat, I don't want to talk to them. It was cool to like hear his perspective and I respect where he's coming from that, you know, if you went through an atomic bomb drill and that never happened to you, you know, after all those drills, maybe COVID, you're like, I don't need to like take it so seriously. But I feel like the coronavirus has been very divisive, like with this country, as far as who wears a mask, who doesn't. And, you know, it was like, once I like tried to like really talk to him on like a 
human level and like, so what do you really think about this? And like hearing him tell me, well, you know, where I come from, how I grew up, like from my life experiences, it sounded like he lived a very colorful life. He's lived through a lot. <laughs> so, you know, he wasn't so worried about wearing a mask, but he was still being smart. And then I thought like, I shouldn't be so quick to judge just because someone's not wearing a mask in South Dakota. I shouldn't just wrap <laughs> him up in a box and say they must be a Trump supporter who blindly is just saying the CDC doesn't know what they're talking about kind of thing. Right. So I think there's a lot that you talked about there. I think it's powerful that you were so vulnerable in talking about your mindset while going through South Dakota, the ability to say, yeah, you know, I was automatically assuming this and I do automatically assume this. I think a lot of people, especially anyone listening to this podcast at this time can kind of really relate to that. Whether we may not outwardly say it, I think that in our minds, based on whether or not we are Democrats, whether we're Republican, whether we're whatever can be divided into two sides, we tend to believe negatively of the other side and we tend to lump them together in one thought and one group and this is everything that they believe and everything that they're for. And the second part of, of what your, your response entailed was that when you did sit down and talk with them and you kind of connected with him on a human level that you were able to kind of open up, both of you were, and you were able to be vulnerable and to actually listen. And so that's the entire reason that I'm wanting to do this podcast or that I started this podcast is because I believe that if we cut down on all the noise, we decide to look at each other at a human level instead of trying to take our labels of you know, black, white, Democrat, Republican, black lives matter and thin blue line. Like if we take those labels away and we sit down and we actually listen to each other and we try to have a civil conversation and we try to respect what the other person is saying, respect their perspective. I just think there's a lot of power in that in trying to understand and then also trying to figure out what we can do to work together to create solutions that are going to be great for all of us. Right. I don't post a lot about politics on social media, but every once in a while, I just try to like put something positive out there. And so I try to put out this positive post saying that, look, I think we need to like really try to see each other eye to eye and understand why we believe certain things about this party or whatever. Like, let's understand why we have our biases and let's see if we can break through them. And then still, despite like me trying to be overly positive, someone was like, yeah, but what if the other side is just stupid and idiotic? And it's like, no, you're not listening to me. Stop labeling people as dumb and idiotic because that's the surefire way to get them to not try to meet you halfway. Absolutely. And, like the South Dakota thing, like maybe I'd had too many bourbon mules and felt like really like <laughs> So like this other couple came in and they were clearly friends with the guy that owned the distillery. They start kind of talking to us. And again, I still back in my head thought like, I wonder if these people like Trump, they're not wearing a mask. Like, you know, are they looking at me thinking, who's this liberal from like this out of towner? <laughs> and my boyfriend starts talking to the woman that's sitting next to me about like, they both had worked in similar job settings in the past. And they were kind of like talking about their shared experiences. And none of us talked about politics that whole time, but we were just getting along with each other. And it was like, 
at the end of the day, I had no idea. Are they Republican? Are they Democrat? But why are we asking ourselves these questions? I feel like it wasn't until the last four or five that all of a sudden everyone placed politics above everything else as far as like how you judge people. And why are we doing that? Because there's so many other things you can have in common with the person. Why are we saying I found out you're Republican, so now I just automatically think different about you and I don't want to have anything to do with you? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't understand that. Well, Ashley, I want to thank you for coming on today. And as we end every episode, the one thing that we try to talk about is possible solutions. And so what do you think is a possible solution to this issue that we have of not being able to listen to a differing viewpoint and being willing to connect on that human level? At the end of the day, like, let's just recognize that we're all human beings and let's have empathy because I think that's really lacking in this country is the willingness to genuinely look at someone else and try to put yourself in their shoes and not be so quick to write people off. Really ask them, like, what led you to believe what you believe today? Like, I might not just, I might disagree with you, but like, I want to understand how you got to this line of thinking. And let's see if, if you actually heard my perspective, if you might reconsider, or maybe if I heard your perspective, I wouldn't be so quick to just write you off as a bad person. I think if we were willing to have those uncomfortable conversations. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. People on the other side of the aisle and don't have a goal of attacking somebody. Have a goal of trying to find common ground. And I think that a lot of times I see people, their goal is to try to one up the other person. Yeah. I, yeah, I, th I think you nailed it, especially hitting on the lack of empathy that we all have. When we do connect on a human level, being able to understand a different perspective, I think that there is a lot of power in maybe not changing your mind, but maybe being able to say, you know, I don't agree with you, but I understand why you feel the way that you feel. Yeah. And that may not sound like a lot, but I think that that is a a lot more progress than I would say the vast majority of Americans are at right now. And I think you're right. We need to get out of our comfort zones and be willing to have these uncomfortable conversations because I truly believe that's the only time that we are able to actually grow. Yeah. Yeah. 100 so, gotta get out yeah. of your bubble. It's great. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, Ashley. Well, once again, thank you for coming on the let's get uncomfortable. I want to thank our listeners for joining us today. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and share within your network. We're also offering a $25 Amazon gift card raffle for leaving a review on your podcast platform. And yes, you can increase your chances of winning by leaving a review on multiple podcast platforms. We'll be announcing winners at the end of episode five. So please 